I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly. I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding the road, y'all. I think that I'm back in my bag now. So I need that go, y'all. Got hits when he throwin' the fastball. Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. Seen the effort, this piss poor. I got too much, I gotta tend to. Car payments and the rent due. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover podcast where an NBA fan with zero basketball credibility gives his opinion on what's going on in the NBA. Opinions that nobody asked for. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka Aaron. And ladies and gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. So folks, we had a pretty good week so far in the NBA. Um, some pretty fun games that I wanted to talk about. So like I said, Let's jump right into it. So this past Tuesday, the second, a couple days ago, I'm recording this Thursday night, so you're hearing it Friday, obviously. Um, but we had the Miami Heat take on the Dallas Mavericks in the first game of the doubleheader on TNT. So in this game, we had the Miami Heat whoop the Dallas Mavericks. Is whoop too strong of a word? I don't think whoop is too strong, but whoop the Dallas Mavericks 125 to 110. Now look, I'm telling y'all, I've been talking about Miami a lot so far this season on the show. This Miami team is nice. Like, they they nice nice. Like, they are scary good this early on in the season. And we are still in the early, early part of the season. Um, I believe they're 6-1. and one. They might be 6-2. and two. I think they just actually lost to, to Boston. But they are playing some really good basketball so far early on in this season. They've had blowout victories against Brooklyn. Memphis, excuse me, Charlotte, and Dallas. So they have beaten some of the the better teams so far in the early part of the season. But in this game against Dallas, they pretty much controlled most of the entire game. Um, Dallas was they were playing in Dallas, and it looked like a, it looked like a home game for Miami because with the way they were playing, Dallas did not did not seem like they wanted to uh, have anything to do with Miami, particularly that night. But three of the five starters for the Miami Heat um, scored more than 20-plus points. You had Jimmy Butler putting in 23-6-6. and six. Bam Adebayo putting in 22 points and 13 rebounds. And Kyle Lowry putting in 22 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds. Arguably his best game so far of the season. But my guy, my sixth man of the year in my way-too-early season predictions, Tyler Hero, 25 points off the bench. I believe I saw a I saw a statistic that he is the um, the high the highest volume bench scorer so far this season, and I think Carmelo Anthony is a close second. But he is balling out. I mean, if he keeps his scoring rate up and is consistent with his scoring rate, he's definitely going to be the sixth man of the year. I definitely think the the voters, whoever votes for the sixth man of the year. It pretty much it it goes to whoever has the best point totals off the bench. So if he keeps this up, you know Tyler Hero, he he he's a lock for sixth man of the year so far in this way way too early part of the season. But he said himself he was like, hey man, I'm in the the class with Luca and Trey, and I'm like, are you sure about that, my guy? But he's hey he's proven he he is a certified bucket getter. He his jump shot looks better. He looks like he's playing with more confidence as well. So Tyler Hero, he balling out. He, you know, he he nice too, just along with the rest of them. But like I said, if he keeps the scoring up, 
I definitely see him being a lock for that sixth man of the year. So that was the first game. That was the first game this week. Miami Heat beating Dallas Mavericks 125-110. to But there was another game this past Tuesday that was really, really good. Um, The L.A. Lakers and the Houston Rockets. So Los Angeles Lakers, this is a home game for them. Defeated the Houston Rockets in a very, very tough close game, 119 to 117. Now, I don't know why this game had such late season, like, playoff type vibes. Like, LeBron James came back after being out, you know, with, you know, right ankle soreness for, I think, three games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, I could be wrong about that. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the hype of LeBron being back in Staples, you know, all the stars and whatnot coming out. Um, but this had, this had late season, you know, you know, playoff. Seating, play-in, however you want to put it, vibes at Staples Center. But it was really, really fun and really, really entertaining um, from what I what I caught from that game. Now, the Lakers seemed like they were they weren't just playing; they were they were playing, playing. They were hustling. They put in maximum effort, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Um, it was it was the LeBron effect. I feel as if um, he, you know, with him being back, he definitely is arguably the greatest. I don't know, greatest playmaker is, you know, the right word, but he is one of the better leaders that we've ever seen in pulling out the best of the teammates that he has surrounding him. So shout out to LeBron for that. I, you know, I'm a certified LeBron hater, you know, I will admit, but he is definitely one of the all-time greats, top three for sure, in my opinion. Um, but the big three for this game, for the Lakers, that is, they all had big games. You know, you had LeBron putting in 30 points and 10 assists, in 36 minutes, so you know, coming off that injury, putting in some uh, some high minute totals right off the gate, right out the gate, which was probably by design. Um, but Anthony Davis put in 27 points and nine rebounds. Russell Westbrook had a really solid game, um, 27 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He did shoot 0 of 4 from the three point line. He still thinks he's Steph Curry from out there, but I mean, that's a story for another day. Um, but the big three um, all had really, really solid games. Melo put in 15 points off the bench as well. Definitely there. Their shining light coming off the bench um, this year. But as much as it pains me to say, now the Lakers won this game, but as much as it pains me to say, this young Rockets team is pretty promising. Like, they have a pretty high ceiling with this core. They've got a lot of potential, I will say. Now, rookie Jalen Green um, put in 24 points, um, also shot 5 of 10 from the 3. He is not scared. He is not afraid of the moment. He is, his athleticism is crazy. Like some of the dunks that he has tried to attempt this season and some of the dunks that he has landed, he is incredible, incredible with his athleticism in his game. But Christian Wood had a really, really good game. 26 points and 16 rebounds. Yeah, Tate with 20 points and Kevin Porter Jr. also chipping in with 11 points off a bad shooting night, but still 11 points to help his team. Um, But they've got plenty of young talent. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they're able to keep this young core intact. The things that they can do in the Western Conference, you know, being a playoff team. Um, obviously, like I said, you know, everybody knows I'm a Spurs fan, so it pains me to give the Rockets kudos, but I will remain as objective as possible when the Spurs aren't involved. So there you go. But let's talk about the third game. So this game was Wednesday, a couple days ago. Um, let's talk about another close game the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Denver Nuggets. So Memphis Grizzlies defeated the Denver Nuggets 108 to 106. Um, I believe this is a home game for Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. I actually can't remember. But um, this Memphis team is tough. Like this Memphis team 
is really, really fun to watch. They are super, super young, but they are tough. You know, they got veteran veteran presence in Steven Adams, and I guess Kyle Anderson is a vet now. He's yeah, he's relatively young, but um, they are really tough. Um, this was a close game. This was back and forth for most of it um, against Denver. Jaron Jackson, he played incredibly well, especially guarding Nikola Jokic. Like, I feel as if this was his, like, you know, way of saying, hey, Yoke, like, I'm a grown man. Like, I I ain't Jaron. I'm Mr. Jackson. So this was definitely a very solid game for Jaron Jackson. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Jokic did have a big game and hit a really, um, a, a really good amount of clutch shots towards the end of the game, I think, to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. But he had 34 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um, plus minus, though, was minus 3. So, I mean... You know, left a little bit to be desired on the defensive end overall, but nonetheless, still a really solid game. But this was definitely the Jaron Jackson game. He put in 22 points, eight rebounds for the game, but he hit three late three pointers in the fourth quarter. Hit all three of his threes attempted in the fourth quarter. So, clutch gene at work in Jaron Jackson. He had a solid game. John Morant, you know, obviously is their star in Memphis. He also put in a pretty solid game: 18 points, six rebounds, and six assists. Um, he's having a great season to, so far. I can't give him his flowers enough every time I see him play. Um, he is probably arguably one of the better leaders um, that we see so far in the NBA. Uh, definitely, I would put him already top 10 You know, point guard. And he's what, second, third season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, John Morant, like I said, I got to give him his flowers every time I watch him play. Um, but now, I picked this Memphis team to make the play-in. I think I picked them at like 9 or 10, if I'm not mistaken. Mostly due to bitterness because they knocked out San Antonio in last year's playing game. But this team, with the way that they're playing, I think they're 5-3 and three or either 6-3, and three, if I'm not mistaken. They've got a shot to, to be top 5, top 6. You know, not a play-in team, but, you know, just a straight-up playoff team. Like, they, they're really good. Like... And they don't even have Dylan Brooks yet. Dylan Brooks has not come back yet off of his injury. I think he had, he's dealing with a knee injury, but they're, they're really good. I do not feel confident in my pick of them being a play-in team at all. Obviously, you know, I want everybody to stay healthy, you know, barring any health. Like, uh, them being a top-six team in the West is definitely not far-fetched. So they are hungry. They are young, super athletic. Um, they play hard. And, like I said, they ain't scared. So the Memphis Grizzlies... They are one of my favorite teams to watch, um, and I really expect big things from them going forward in the Western Conference, but we shall see. Um, but let's transition a little bit. Let's transition to around the association. We got some news coming out from the association that I wanted to get into. So there was a report from Yahoo Sports um, that came out that Damian Lillard met with LeBron James and Anthony Davis at LeBron James Mansion over the summer to discuss him coming to L.A. Um, so I was reading that, and I was like, you know, that that Russell Westbrook meme, like, ah, that's pretty interesting. So some of the report um, basically saying um, that Lillard met with LeBron and James Manchin, like I said, with Anthony Davis, to discuss the possibility of Lillard coming to L.A., and this is according to a report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. I actually have the article pulled up right here. Um, but e B basically said that Bron asked what I was thinking about my situation, and I told him what I'm telling you. This is Damian Lillard talking to Yahoo Sports, that I just want to be in a position to win it all. He painted a picture to me if I were to leave, the situation could look like this. He didn't tell me to come to L.A. He didn't say anything to me that I didn't already know what it could look like. I know if I were to play with y'all, Dame, obviously talking about LeBron James Anthony Davis, I know it would work out because of my skill set and who I am 
and who y'all are. Um, but ultimately, Lillard expressed his hesitancy, hesitancy to join any iteration of a super team. Um, but this was more, according to the report, an information gathering forum among respective peers. So Damian Lillard, you know, out of, out of respect for LeBron, you know, just having a meeting and talking about, hey, like if we were to play together, how it would look and, you know, how it could come to be. But I mean, this would have made no sense, in my opinion. Now, obviously, I don't want to see the Lakers be successful at all, but I just feel as if this would have made no sense. First of all, from a money standpoint, a monetary standpoint, all three of them being on max deals, like, and ain't nobody, I don't see Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, or LeBron James structuring their contract in any way where they're leaving money on the table. So I, I, I just didn't think this made any sense. I think from a basketball fit, like, Damian Lillard would have been a better fit than Russell Westbrook, in my personal opinion. Um, but this just would have contradicted Russ's, or excuse me, Damian Lillard's whole stance about, you know, super teams and all that stuff and linking up with other guys. Like, he, he just doesn't strike me as that type of player. Um, he, I definitely now, don't get me wrong, I definitely could see him being the type of player to want to recruit somebody to Portland. Like, that's not surprising to me one bit. Um, but he just never strike me as that type of guy. It's like, you know, oh, you know, I want to play with this guy. I want to play with this guy. Like, I just... I just see him as being, you know, super loyal to Portland. Um, but is he loyal to a fault? Because on the flip side of that, Portland has not done him. They've done him a huge disservice from especially even last year's team to this year's team. Like they are mediocre at best. And that's me being nice. Like I definitely felt that last year's team was better than the sixth place finish that they got. Um, but I just I, I just don't see much of anything at all from this Portland team like I talked about in earlier episodes. So I think Damian Lillard is loyal to a fault. He's definitely going to have to make a decision, you know, with the deadline coming up in February. Like, hey, like, he's not getting any younger. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, him playing in L.A. with LeBron and A.D., get out of here with that. Nobody want to see that. I mean, people in L.A., you know, they want to see it because they just want all the players. But that's a story for another day. But... There was another story, a more serious story, that came out in the NBA this week that's uh, been developing over the past couple days. ESPN senior writer Baxter Holmes um, talking about um, putting the story together about allegations of racism and misogyny with the Phoenix Sun organization. Um, the article was named, you know, Inside Robert Sarver's 17-year tenure as an owner. Um, so Baxter Holmes actually interviewed more than 70 former and current Suns employees throughout um, his tenure um, and talking about how Robert Sarver, the owner, um, kind of crafted a toxic and sometimes hostile work environment um, or workplace under you know his tenure. So like I said, pretty serious stuff coming out um, from Phoenix. So this is a quote from one of the co- co-owners who was you know anonymous, you know we don't know which co-owner it is of the Phoenix Suns, but basically said the level of misogyny and racism is beyond the pale. It is embarrassing as an owner. Um, now this is a really, really big developing story. Um, the Suns owner, Robert Sarver, has denied any reports of racism and misogyny. So he is basically, you know, you know, refuting all these claims that, you know, all these people are making. Um, the NBA has, it came out today, the NBA has asked a law firm, an independent law firm, to launch an investigation into the Phoenix Suns organization. So some pretty, some pretty big stuff coming out of Phoenix. Um, I definitely uh, am pretty, I, I mean, I... I should I should say alarmed because I guess you just assume that you know everybody's a decent person until you hear otherwise. Um, but this situation 
could have a drastic effect on the Phoenix Suns organization as a whole, um, but especially on the court. Um, you know, with all the media attention that this is going to get, you know players are going to get asked about it. You know the players are going to get, you know, have their reactions. Some are probably going to be more vocal than others. Um, so, but this is definitely going to be a huge distraction. Um, so it, it this is something that could potentially not necessarily derail the Phoenix Suns season. I don't think it's going to derail their season, but it's definitely going to be a distraction and something that nobody is going to forget about for the foreseeable future. Um, this definitely reminds me, excuse me, this definitely reminds me of the Donald Sterling Clipper situation from what, four or five years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Or no, no, no. This is a long time ago. This is like 2012, 2013 or whatever it was. But the, you know, the racism allegations that it came out about Donald Sterling and they basically said, hey, you can't own that team anymore. You got to go. Um, I definitely got those vibes from this story as well. Not, I mean, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Like I said, it's a developing story. You know, we're still kind of learning all the details. Um, but this is something that definitely could be a distraction and negatively impact the Phoenix Suns on the court for this coming up season. But we shall see. Um, but last transition I want to do. Um, every weekend, um, every Friday show, I want to talk about this weekend's marquee matchups. So I've got three matchups on the docket for Friday, Saturday, Sunday that I basically want to give my prediction and say who I think is going to win um, and who I think is not going to win. Um, but if you're keeping track so far, so I've had I've had three shows where I've, or this will be the third show, I've had you know three shows total so far where I have done marquee matchups with three games so far i have a two and four record out of six games so i mean 33 percent that's not bad right i mean it's basically a 50 50 shot so like one team's got to win one team's got to lose um but these are the games that i got picked out i say all that to say this oh these are the games that i got picked out so friday um this coming friday today you know when you're listening to this I have the New York Knicks and the Milwaukee Bucks um, game that I picked out. They are going to be facing off in Milwaukee. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks. Knicks got a 5-3 and three record. And the Bucks are dealing with some injuries to two of their big three. Drew Holiday still dealing with some nagging injuries as well as Chris Middleton. So I'm going to pick the New York Knicks. Orange and blue skies will be coming to Milwaukee this Friday today, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but let's talk about Saturday's game. Saturday's game, I have picked out the Utah Jazz and the Miami Heat. So two powerhouses meeting up in the West and the Eastern Conference. This is a home game for Miami. I'm going with the home team. I'm going with Miami to win this game, mainly because of the injury to Donovan Mitchell's ankle. Um, I heard he he's either out for this Saturday's game or he's out for a game today, today being Thursday when I'm recording this. Um, so I don't know the severity or the extent of that injury, um, but with him not being 100%, Miami is surging. So, I mean, I definitely see Miami taking this game at home against the Utah Jazz. But the last game we got, Sunday, the 7th, um, I have the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors playing um, Excuse me, in Golden State. A rematch of those playoff battles that they had from the Golden State heyday, you know, and the James Harden and Chris Paul, you know, teams back in the day. So I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors, mainly because I want to make my co-workers mad. <laughs> and, I mean, the Rockets, let's face it, the Rockets are 1-6. They're not great. I mean, I told everybody they wouldn't be that good so far. They've got a really, really young talent. Um, and Golden State is like, 
six and one or six and two or something like that. So I think Golden State wins this game. They are playing really well. They are moving the ball well, um, and they are definitely doing all they can to hold it down. You know, before Clay Thompson and James Wiseman gets back. So Golden State's got a. I think people are going to sleep on Golden State. I I could see them definitely being a making another run at a title this year. You know, if Clay Thompson comes back to eighty percent of what he was. They they can make some noise, but. Like I said, I'm picking the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets because I want to make my coworkers mad. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the show I have for you today. Thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Everybody who has said kind words, everybody who's told me they, they listen to the show, you really have no idea how much that means to me. Um, this is definitely you know a passion project of mine. I love talking about basketball. Um, and I love doing the show every Tuesday and Friday. So thank you again. I hope all of y'all have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there. And I will see you this coming Tuesday. Take care.